Welcome, and thank you for joining with us today for the teaching and preaching ministry from Central Baptist Church in Kannapolis, North Carolina. As associate pastor, Barry Murray shares from the Bible how to live in a fallen world. The goal of Central Baptist Church is to change the world by teaching the Word of God. Come, let's listen in. Isaiah 59, we're going to start reading in verse number 13. Verse 13. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering the heart words of falsehood. And in this chapter, God is dealing with the sins of Israel as a nation, and he's dealing with them. He's talking a little bit here about what's going on, what their problem is, and what's happening uh, them. Verse 14, and this is the verse for today. And I want you to notice these, three, these uh, four words here. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for truth has fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter in. Judgment, justice, truth, and equity. That's the whole sermon. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from me will make himself a prey. And the Lord saw it and, it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man uh, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, according to he, accordingly, he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. To the islands, he will repay recompense. So they that fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up the standard against them. And there's our answer. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion unto them that turn from transgression and to Jacob saith the Lord, as for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out, nor out of thy mouth shall thy seed, nor out of thy mouth shall thy seed's seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God this morning. And God, I thank you for the opportunity that I can preach uh, your word today. I Please do not take it lightly. I've spent uh, much time this week in preparation and thought and just praying about what needs to be said today, knowing it's a holiday weekend and there'd be visitors our way and there'd be folks who would be gone. And Lord, I've tried to yield myself to you this week in this matter of this message today. So I pray it would be what we need for the hour. We ask you to give us all listening ears and a listening heart. In your name I pray, amen. If you can, Joel, I'm ringing a little bit. Can, are these on up here with me? And if you can't, that's fine. I'll, I'll live with it. But uh, this chapter is a remarkable chapter, and God continues charging Israel, and he spells out to them their sins have brought them to the state that they're now in. Religion had become a cover-up for their sins. And God refused to hear because of their iniquities, not because... Uh, he was hard of hearing. 
And not because, as verse 1 tells us, that his hand was shortened, that he couldn't help them, but he, he quit hearing them because of their sins and because of something they allowed to happen amongst them, which I fear is not only happening already in our country, but I believe it's happening in churches today. Many people today think that God has a hearing problem, but God hears all right. But the problem lies with us. Their sins are referred to 32 times. Many words are used to describe their sins, iniquities, sins, uh, uh, defiled with the blood, lies, perverseness, vanity, mischiefs, uh, uh, adder's eggs, spider webs, vipers, works of violence, uh, evil, wasting, destruction, all kinds of words, crooked past, darkness, transgression, departing, oppression, revolt, conceiving, uttering falsehood. Anything else you can think of, throw it in there. And if you think you can do it, he's naming it. There are 23 in other chapters. The reason that Israel was not saved in Israel's day was not due to God's weakness. The Lord's hand was not shortened. Neither was it due to any fault of connection and communication with man. God hears. Likewise, in our day, it's neither a mental issue of man. Uh, I mean, it's a mental issue of man, not God's hand is short. It's not that God can't hear what's happening. You don't think God sees what's going on in our world? You don't think God cries over the humanity of the world and what's happening? He first cries for the lost souls that aren't saved, that haven't come to him, and then he cries for the sin of humanity around the world for all people? Sure. But your sins, as verse 2 tells us, have separated you and your God. How do you get there? How have we gotten there? There's a story in Scripture here where King Darius, king of Persia, was having a great feast. He was having 120, 27 of his governors and famous people were coming together. Isn't that the way the famous people always do, get together and have a party and get drunk? And he had, he had a contest that he wanted to uh, put forward. He said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give four of you guardsmen a chance to win, uh, to win the prize a gold necklace, and to be uh, noticed by the uh, government, if you would. They were supposed to speak a word, a sentence that would impress the king and all those who were, pre- who were present, just one sentence. The one who spoke the most powerful word uh, or sentence would be given a necklace of gold, as I mentioned already. He would be given honor among the king, and the king picked out four of these men. First man stood up, and he said, Wine is the strongest. He said, uh, 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 he began to speak and he said, then he proceeded to to present his case. He says, it has influenced people. And I say, amen. He says, wine has influenced homes. And I'd say, amen. Wine has influenced nations. And I'd say, amen. I, I agree with what he's saying. He is absolutely correct. It's influenced us. I didn't say it was for right, but it influences us. I wonder why there's not any Surgeon General's warning on the uh, liquor ads on TV. This may kill your liver or kill you or destroy your family. That's good preaching, isn't it? And he yelled again, wine is the strongest. 
second man stood and he gave his word. He said, and he said, the king is the strongest. He's a brown noser. He says, the king is the strongest. And he proceeded to tell why the king is the strongest. He tried to influence, he influences the people, which is true. He influences the nation, which is true. Uh, he, he influenced the lives of people, which is true. And again, he shouts, the king is the strongest. A third man stood, and I'm going to say amen before I even get to the point. A third man stood, and he said, women is the strongest. And I say, amen. He proceeded to explain the influence that women had on men and that men uh, have lived and sacrificed and died for women. And he said, again, John, lost his, John the Baptist lost his head because of a woman, by the way. And he again shouted, woman is the strongest. The fourth man stood, and he shouted, and he said, truth is the strongest. Truth is the strongest. By the time he finished his argument for truth, the crowd, along with King Darius, were standing and shouting and saying, great is truth, and on and on, great is truth, and great is truth, and great is truth. And when we really realize that it's not in the wine, it's not in the king, it's not even in women, that it's in truth, that our whole life, uh, our, the seed of our life is grown and flourishes from that, we're going to find something special in our lives. America was founded on the truth, not what we see happening today. And we'll get more spiritual in a moment. And truth is greater than wine, greater than the king, greater than woman, and greater than the man. We read that truth has fallen, though, into the street. And that's caused a great problem. The illustration of the text is this. Here is a thoroughfare like a parkway. The scripture likens the street to an expressway. And he says, truth has fallen into the street. And because it's fallen in the street, truth has blocked the roadway. Don't you just love it when there's construction on the highway and they block the roadway? And you complain because you say, this makes no sense what they're doing. Do they have any idea what they're doing? Right? But it blocks the roadway. It blocks where you're headed. And truth has fallen in the street and the way is blocked. Because of that, justice can't get through. Equity can't get through. Righteousness can't get through because judgment has fallen into the street. Look at verse 14 again. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for the truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. There is no way to get by when truth falls into the street. There's no proper judgment. There's no proper equity to share amongst people. It's falling in the street, and it's just a roadblock. You ever been there? You can't get through. Three travelers are traveling down the road. This is the introduction. First is judgment. 
judgment or the act of act or process of the mind comparing its ideas to find the true arguments and the disarguments to a certain truth or the process of examining facts and arguments to make a proper decision. And when ju judgment is, is uh, derailed by truth, we find that we're not making proper decisions in judgment any longer. Today, we see what's happening amongst our world is that truth is in the street and we're making improper judgments. We're not making the right call. We don't see things clearly. He drives down the street, judgment does, and he finds that truth has fallen, he's blocking the street, so he turns and he goes back. So when that happens, the second thing is justice. Justice, it, it, justice, it finds the streets blocked and it stands afar off, and the virtue, justice is the virtue which consists in giving to everyone which is his due. Justice. Practically conformity to the laws and principles and dealings of men with each other, honesty, integrity, and commerce in, in life, and justice cannot get through the street because the street is blocked. Can't get through. The third in our verse was the word equity. Oh, we hear a lot of that word today, don't we? Equity. Justice, right. In practice, equity is the impartial uh, dis distributing of justice, not wealth, justice. Of giving to everyone equal their due of who they are. The traffic is blocked, justice, judgment, Inequity can't get through. You ever been there? It's exactly what's happening today in our world. That bad thing is happening right in our country, and it seems like nobody cares. They give a bunch of mean old grandpa speeches, but do nothing behind the scenes. You can talk all you want to, show me what you got. Show me your hand. Show me what you got. And it's all, all, it's just amazing today. But the problem with that is today that has crept in to the church. We no longer want to hear the truth. We want you to tickle our ears, give us great music programs so we feel like we've been in church. Preach a little ditty and let's go home. That's what's happening today. The churches today that seem to have the growth and are growing are churches that don't stand and preach the truth. They preach how to get along with your wife, with your husband. That's not preaching, that's counseling. They teach you how to get along where you work at. That's not preaching, that's counseling. And to be honest about it, if I'm living my life with God, doing what I'm supposed to do in God's right, and I'm following truth, I should get along with my wife. And I should get along with my job. I should get along with my pastor. I shouldn't need the preacher to tell me all that. You with me? Traffic jams. Boy, I hate traffic jams. Anybody hate traffic jams? Have you ever made a dumb decision and you got down the road and there was a traffic jam and you blamed everybody but yourself? 1993, I was working at a church in, it was actually at that time in North Charleston, South Carolina. I was working at the church and then March came and we were going to go to Hammond, Indiana to a pastor's conference. We had a big coach bus, uh, older than the one we have here. We had a big coach bus, and I was going to drive the bus. 
Well, the Friday and Saturday before the trip, it was the March of 1993. Anybody remember? That snowstorm hit, remember? Snowstorm came and blanketed all, all south, uh, south of the United States. Remember that? We're down in South Carolina on a Saturday. I'm with our bus mechanic who's working on the bus, and we're talking about this. And we got, I mean, it got down to 50 where we were at. We were down close to Charleston, you know, and, and uh, it got a little rainy, a little wet, whatever. So the pastor came over, and we got talking, what should we do and not go? And, and, uh, and then we heard that North Carolina highways were closed. We had to go through North Carolina to get to where we were headed. So that was Saturday night. So being the frontiersman that I am, I said, let's check the weather tomorrow, and we'll, let's leave early. So we will check the weather on Sunday morning after church, and we left after church on Sunday morning to go to Indiana in the middle of what was left from the snowstorm. And it's pretty much probably my fault because I was driving. It's my call to make the decision, but I wanted to please the pastor and do what needed to get done, and I said, let's go for it. We got to Greenville, South Carolina, and guess what happened? Or Spartanburg, I guess. Spartanburg, North Carolina, South Carolina, guess what happened? The highway, 26, was closed. Can you imagine? It was closed. You can't go through tonight. So we stopped there and got a motel. We didn't go back home. We stopped there and got a motel. We got up Monday morning. Guess what? Went down and took a look at the highway. There were cars sneaking in. But guess what we did? In a coach bus. Not a car, four-wheel drive, a coach bus. And we took off because we are going to be frontiersmen. And we hit the tunnels there in North Carolina, all 26, 40, I guess 40 it is. Oh, my word. It took us five hours to go 100 miles. We got to Indiana Tuesday. We left on Sunday. And I'll never forget that trip. Never forget that trip. And the roadblock drove me crazy. And what I see happening as an older, and I'm not trying to put myself up there, pastor who's experienced it for over 30 years, I see truth is falling in the street of our churches, and people are falling for it. We're not judging properly. We don't, we don't exercise proper justice with people. And we sure are not equitable to people in our church because we don't see, we think we can push through the roadblock. The devil has tried to confuse us and try to make people doubt. Uh, we're getting jammed up. I mean, listen, where did it come from? We can blame the school system, yes. I guess we can blame the colleges, universities. I guess we can. We can blame the uh, educational places if you want to. But somehow those people learned it from somewhere. Because somebody let it come in there. Many of you are like me. You remember the days when we were afraid of the communist. We thought Russia was going to take over. You remember? Sure we remember. Some of you are saying, who's Russia? Who's communist? You don't know. But it's just a different name right now. It's called socialism. It's just a different name. When they couldn't beat us on the battlefield, they beat us through our education. So now we have the crazy stuff we have today going on in our country and the laws and the things, the bills and things that are presented. Isn't it, I feel so much better that this new inflation bill is going to relieve me of my, of my health care benefit 
uh, what it cost me, even though you started to begin with. <laughs> Obamacare are the exact same people who gave you a break. It's their fault we have it, by the way. They think we forgot how this all happened. Why? Truth has fallen in the street. We no longer, listen, we no longer judge on justice, judgment, and equity. We judge on, do I like you or not? Or are you my party or not? It's no longer what's right and wrong anymore. It's a matter, are you my flavor? Well, I voted for people I didn't like. Why? They were the best choice of the two I had. You with me? And that's where we're at today, but we're, we're heading to a place here, and I'm way off the topic here. But the church needs to keep lifting up truth. Listen, we're, we're concerned about, and we are concerned about uh, having things for us to do. We are concerned about activities. Yes, we are. We're concerned about those things. But when Central Baptist Church deviates from the truth, we're heading down a road of confusion and a blockade, and we're going to be in trouble. I know it takes work to lift the truth up. I know it takes uh, a pastor who has to take some time and, and make sure he knows what's going on, what's being taught, and what's happening. But we now have to protect ourselves that we don't come to a place that all of a sudden justice and judgment and equity is blocked and it's our fault because we didn't pay attention to it. There is no new thing under the sun. Yet everything says you need to accept change or else. I have a hard time with that. And I know because I'm old and feeble and, and, and whatever, can't find my key and all that. Some of, you, some, some of you know that. I found my key, by the way, folks. You last night, I found my key. I got it. It's right where I left it at my house. Anyhow, let me give you three quick things here about this truth here, and we'll, we'll get out of here quickly. I'm, I'm gonna, I don't want to be too preachy today, but I felt like this needs to be done. Number one is this about truth truth does not die. Truth does not die. It may fall into the street, but it does not die. There may be some anarchy. There may be some chaos, but truth is truth. It is always the same. The Bible is the word of God. Jesus was born of a virgin. Uh, sin, we're sinners by nature. Christ died for sinners. We all, we all know to go, must go through Christ to, go, to see heaven one day. There is a hell with real fire. Two and two is four. And truth is truth. Hell is hot. It's not just some, some truth or some thing we made up. It's a place of torment, the Bible tells us. And those without Christ are going to spend eternity there. They're going to be condemned forever. Truth doesn't die. You can try to twist it and change it all you want to, but it never, it's not going to die. It may be covered up, but it never dies. The lie of the day is you have to change with the times, and that is a lie straight from the pits of hell. Amen. Because truth is not changing. It's not going to die. Truth is always the same. Truth may fall, but it doesn't die. There is a heaven with a golden street, at least one. I'm not sure if there's multiple, but I know there's one. Amen. Don't forget the song now. And there's gates of pearl, and my new home's there. I'm never going to die. And you can have a sewer pit home if you want to, but mine's a mansion. Because Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you in my Father's house. And there are many mansions, not sewer plant houses. Amen. Well, that really means, and no, it really means mansion. 
means what he says. We'll get to that in a minute. Just because you deny it doesn't mean it's not true. Just because we may disagree with truth doesn't mean it changes. The Bible's still true. Uh, Christ is the Son of God. Hell is hot. Heaven's real. Salvation's available to everybody. Not just the chosen. And a new birth is still necessary. Truth does not die. If you, go, you, if you live your life and die without Christ, you're going to die and split hell wide open. If you live with Christ, you're going to split heaven wide open, by the way, when you go there. So number one, truth doesn't die. See, I told you how quick and harmless it was. Number two, we're already there. It's only three. Truth needs help. Truth needs help. Truth has fallen in the street. And judgment and justice and equity can't enter in to go somewhere else where it needs to go. It needs some help. In Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian eunuch is traveling as he's traveling along, he sees, a, uh, I mean, uh, he, he stops and he has something uh, uh, convicting him and st he stops and he begins to read the Bible, let's say. He begins to read what part of the Bible? John 3, 16. He begins to read Isaiah 53, looking for salvation. In the Old Testament, sure, it's all over the Old Testament, all over it. The whole Bible's all over it. Quit dividing it. Quit, quit making it harder it is. But anyhow, he's in there reading all of a sudden. Philip's over here having an having a evangelistic campaign where scores of folks are being saved. And the Spirit of God picks them up from there, takes them out to one little guy. But today, the preachers want to stay with the crowd instead of go get that one little guy over here. But he goes over there. And Philip says, understandest thou what thou readest? And he says, how can I except some man should guide me? You're on the side of the road in a chariot, whether it was rolling or not rolling, I'm not sure. Sometimes I think he was riding in a chariot, reading the Bible. That'd be hard to do. And Philip won that guy to Christ. Why? Because sometimes truth needs help. It's falling in the street. It needs somebody to pick it up and to help it get where it needs to be. How can I except some man guide me? The truth needs preaching so the streets don't get jammed up. And nobody should wonder about truth at this place. At this place. See, I understand today that we live in a very, I mean, if it happens right now, you can find out about it now. You get me? If it happened here right now, now you know about it. It's already posted somewhere, right? It's that quick. It's, it's, it's that quick. So anytime, it doesn't matter if it's true or not, it's just that quick. It is that, it's reported. But truth needs somebody to say, you know what? That's just not truth, and this is truth. And what the world, and what the government trying to do, especially in people in our community, is trying to shut churches up like this, because we preach and stand for the truth. Because we don't want to jam up the road. We don't want to cause a roadblock. So they want to get us to be quiet. They want us to back down. But they can't come in and tell you that. They can't bring police and chain your doors. But they can legislate you out of there. Or they can spread something about you so people don't want to go there. All I got to do is accuse you nowadays and it's all over with. 
So what they're doing, they're trying to log jam truth. And what they're going to do is, listen, I understand, listen, I'll be very, very, very transparent. I understand there are pastors that today who were, were pastors who make some serious, sinful, immoral acts. Please don't take me wrong. I am, I am, I am no way saying that. But there is far more pastors who have not ever done anything like that immoral than to put us all into one lump, that they're all guilty of that. Well, do you realize that the college I graduated, let me, let me just be really transparent with the college I graduated from, that we are lumped by some as being a place that breeds sexual behavior. It's all over the internet if you want to check it out. Because some former staff person of our church did something, or college did something, then the whole college for 30-some years is lumped into that. That's not truth. Yes, there was a sinful act, and yes, that person was dealt with, yes, something was done, but man alive, don't let the media close you down. And we're lumped together, so we've got to be careful. So we've got to realize we're going to have to stand because someday we are going to have to stand for what we believe in and stand up to our neighbors and just say that's not true. I came to church here the first time I was here the first few days we were here, good fellow from our church, love him to death. And this is not, it's not against him, but I'm, I won't tell you who he is, but a good guy from our, our church here, he's still here. And he came to me and he said, oh, you came from that college where so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. I said, now stop right there. Because now you're lying. Because that's not what happened. He said, well, how do you know? Because I was there. I was a member of the college and the church when that event happened, and the pastor had nothing to do with that. Stop right there. And this man, just, just not knowing, was making a statement that covers the whole thing because of one person's indiscretions. And I said, stop. If you know me, I, I'm not really too aggressive about things, but I said, stop right there. That's not true. Let's not be spreading lies about fellow brothers and sisters of Christ in the Lord's work. Well, we're real guilty of spreading gossip about our fellow brothers and sisters, by the way, whether it's true or not true. We don't care if we ruin their name or spread things about them, right? But anyhow, I'm getting a little personal now, aren't I? Sorry, I'll get back to the sermon. But truth needs somebody who's going to stand. Truth needs a man. Truth needs proclaiming with, with needs of preaching. How can I accept some man guide me? Because all that, there, there are some things that, that will remain. Listen, and, and listen, we need to, listen, I understand in preaching sometimes there are negatives. I think when Jesus called the Pharisees a bunch of vipers, that wasn't all, all glowy and rosy. I think when you turn the tables up over in the church house and said, my house is, not a, is a house of prayer, not a house of iniquity, I don't think he was really happy about that. That doesn't seem too positive to me. With me? But while we try to preach the negative, we surely ought to preach the positive. But you shouldn't be balking at the fact when you hear something that gets your toes a little cramped up because you know you're wrong. And I shouldn't either, by the way, when the word of God's preached. Because just as much as I get cramped up and hurt because my toes are hurting, I also get excited about things. Hey, there's a positive. But the problem today is churches like those who take a stand on truth are going to have to figure out, am I going to just stay away from the negative and deal with the positive? 
That's the crowd that's all prosperity, by the way. Or are we going to deal with both? And we should deal with both. In Isaiah 59, Jesus is calling them out. Say, listen, you guys are a bunch of sinners. You got a list of 23 things. I don't think that's too positive. And because you're doing this, what's happening is you're jamming up the street. And I'd hate to be the one or the ones involved that stopped a church from preaching truth because I just didn't like the fact that every now and then my toes got hurt. Every now and then. Nobody should wonder about truth in this place. And I don't think that's a problem here, by the way. I'm concerned that, that we care more about some new revelations on things than what's been preached for hundreds and thousands of years. We're more concerned today about some new way of looking at something, some new revelation about some new whatever it may be than it's been. So you're telling me for 500 years, 600 years, for 1,000 years, they've been preaching it wrong? They've been doing it wrong? If that be the case, then none of us would be saved today. So you can't tell me it's wrong. But we're looking for these things. In search of more knowledge, and here's one of my famous Murrayisms, we are finding out that we know more than God knows. And that's where we're at today in the church. We believe we know more than he knows. Truths in the street doesn't need to be in the minutes of our, of our meetings. It needs to be preached behind our pulpits. Why? Because that will open the thoroughfare of justice and judgment and equity. Truth has a hard time leading the way when it's fallen in the street. And number three is this, and last one. Without truth, there is no way. Without truth, there is no way. What do I mean? The one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And without truth, there is no way. When truth fa fail, falls, well, the, way, the way falls. Because truth has fallen, so the way has fallen. So you see what's happening, what's going on. It's been going on for a long time, according to Isaiah. What's happening is we get to a place, truth falls in the street. Then all of a sudden, we lose sight of where the way is. We lose sight of where we're supposed to be at. And the way is Jesus Christ. He is the way. And we lose sight of that because truth's fallen. We're no longer making proper, proper judgment calls. We're not being just with people. We're not being equitable with people. And all of a sudden, we wake up one day and we say, where's Jesus? We lost the way when truth falls into the street. So what happens to it. Where to it go? It's gone. Can't find it. John Wycliffe, man who was martyred for the cause of Christ, he was so hated by those who had the authority that they dug up his body and they burned it. Then they drowned his ashes in the Avon River. And they said, there you go. And his ashes went down the river and out to the little seas and then they believe out eventually to the oceans. In Fox's Book of Martyr, he says, John Wycliffe, God made it, his ashes, uh, his, his ashes were placed in the Avon River. They were floated to some small seas and from there to the ocean and from there around the world. Illustrating to us that the fact you can try to destroy truth, but truth is going to get around the world because of the way. The way. 
We're on the brink of becoming totally, a totally godless nation. We are. And just as I mentioned already back in the 70s and 80s, we were fear of, of communism and socialism coming after us and, and, and all that. And thank the Lord for uh, men like Ronald Reagan in the 80s took a stand and, and knocked that barrier down. Nowadays, we have leaders who have, they can't even identify what the problem is. They can't even see what's going on. They have no idea who the enemy is. And the enemy is the truth is falling in the street, so they no longer govern with judgment or justice or equity. The, the, oh, the, 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 gov the, the, the government, the way the government is governing us is ridiculous. We're all Americans unless you're not. Right? I mean, you're all Americans unless you're not. If you, you're all Americans unless you're a minority, and then you're above an American. How's that? We either all are or we all aren't. And, and, and I, it's just amazing. It's amazing. I mean, according to, anyhow, I don't want to get too deep into this today, but listen, uh, uh, I get along with anybody and everybody. I go to the store. I'm out about. I talk to. I don't care where you're from, where you're at. We're going to have a conversation. Why? We're all Americans. I don't care what your political view is. I don't care what your orientation may be. I'm going to talk to you. You may not like it, but I'm going to try. Why? We're all Americans. We all live in the same great place. But it seems like we're trying to divide us. We're not the ones doing the dividing, by the way. But anyhow, that's another. I'm getting, I know you, you all get real excited when I get on those things. Listen, if... If truth is no longer truth and right is no longer right, then integrity is no longer integrity. And you can't tell me that's not where we're at today. There's nothing black and white anymore. Everything's a cloudy gray depending on your position. Our nation's capital has become a place of lies and deception, and the American people are okay with it. Well, how do you know? Because we don't rise up in arms about it. You vote the same person back in office. We vote the same person back in office. I think it ought to be shook up real good. I mean, real good. I mean, no, shook up real good. They all ought to go start over again. With me, I, I still want Pat Paulson to be the president. <laughs> Some of you don't know who Pat Paulson is, do you? He's a comedian from back in the day. Very dry humor, ran for, ran for office, remember that? Come on now. I know, now it's all Mer Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Okay, I got to hurry. I'm off subject. Humanism has caused doubts of truth. Listen, if you don't think you're going to, listen, if you don't think there's a problem with dying, then why do you go to the doctor? If you didn't think there was, you're just dead and dead, and you're in the grave, there's nothing anymore, it's all over with, then why do you spend everything you have to go to the doctor and to keep going? Because you know there's something more after life. 
A person knows that. It's amazing how we don't mind killing the unborn, but we all want to live forever. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Why? Judgment, justice, equity no longer makes sense. Why? Truth is falling in the street. We need leaders to stand up for truth. We need right, uh, right followers to stand behind them. Listen, listen, uh, we, we need to get back to the truth. And you say, well, truth is boring. Well, you keep a couple more years like we're going, you're going to wish you had boring back. <laughs> you're going to wish you had boring back. The way, the truth and life, if they were all together up here, and you were to take one of them and take them out of the picture, we wouldn't know the truth. We wouldn't have life. We wouldn't know the way. Jesus said in Acts 8, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Make you free. And today, we ought to thank God that we have a place we can assemble at where we hear the truth. Whether we like it or not, we hear it. I love my mom, loved our house, but my mom spoke things at times to me that I didn't like. And in fact, she was so just, she made sure I understood what she said. <laughs> Anybody been there? She wanted to make sure I understood what truth was. And this is the way it was going to be. And we must have truth. Thank God we have an every word Bible. Thank God we have the truth of protection, the truth with provision, and a truth with long caring and salvation. And we should grab a hold of the truth and not allow it to become a, a traffic block and to block what's going on. And especially here. Especially here. Our job as a church is to get the truth to as many people as we can. And we shouldn't stand in the way of that. Well, I just think, I know you think a lot, but that doesn't matter. Most things I think about don't matter either, by the way. Are you with me? Let's not be accused of someone who allowed truth just to fall. Because what happens is what we see happening. There's no judgment. There's no justice. And there's no equity. Would you bow your heads with me and pray with me this morning? Before I pray, let me just say this quickly. I mentioned briefly in my message today, I don't know who all is here today. I see a lot of visiting faces. And you may have been coming for a long time. I just didn't know you, and that's fine. But I meant what I said a little while ago, that we still believe that heaven's, heaven's real and that hell's hot. And those without Jesus Christ as Savior are going to go to hell. I'm trying to be mean or cruel or ugly or don't, not compassionate, but we, we believe that. We want to share that with you. And if you're here today and don't know Christ personally as your Savior, would you, in a few moments, we're going to have a, sing a few uh, verses and play a little invitation. If God spoke to you, would you step by your seat, come forward, and let me get someone to show you how, from the Word of God how you can be saved today. We can't let that truth of salvation fall in the street. Then, dear fellow church member of Central Baptist Church, but we not May we not be found guilty of allowing the truth that we know and we love and care for to become a roadblock that we no longer 
dish out equity and justice and judgment. And our church will be a light for truth. We will be, uh, not, we will be misunderstood. We need to be a light and a beacon of what truth really is. Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to know more about Central Baptist Church, events, and ministries, please visit our webpage at cbckannapolis.com.